Hello, and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business, and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. This episode is sponsored by Fastspring, the full-service e-commerce solution that enables software companies to sell more, stay lean, and compete big. Find out more on fastspring.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Ian, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Jack. I'm uh, yeah, still busy, still a bit overworked, a little bit too many plates spinning in the air. Um, and we've got the Easter holidays coming up quite soon. Mm. So yeah, I feel like my productivity level will, will drop significantly and I mean the children have only been back at school for like three, maybe four weeks, I don't even, can't even keep track, but yeah, all in all alright, what about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, yeah, I'm actually looking for a bit of time off, I've had a very busy sort of stint, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I was doing a lot of client work and um, the last client site I've just worked on was was uh, good, not hard, just um you know, complicated and uh, a bit exhausting and required a few long days to get everything in along with all my other workload as well. And I didn't enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to some time off. Um, I've got my birthdays next week as well as uh, Easter as well, obviously. So yeah, hopefully it will force me to have a bit of a break and sounds like it might do you some good as well. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, I don't know, maybe it's just me and I'm not so good at taking breaks, but there's always like, there's always support or something or checking on like a bug or something that crops up like it's it's not possible is it when you're running your own stuff to have a complete break I don't think um no maybe that's that true. is an unhealthy approach to it but no no I I no you're quite right of course you know that you know the world doesn't stand still just because there's a public holiday you're absolutely right um and you know there are you know countries and and people that don't um, that will be working those days, even if they are public holidays that rely on, you know, the services that, or the plugins or the software or whatever it is that, you know, you provide. So I totally get that. Um, something I try and do is I've put, I've integrated um, a calendar plugin uh, to both of my plugin sites. So when someone goes to support, send a support ticket in, it says, these are the days where I won't be available. So then, and that's tied into my annual leave calendar. So they can see, and it says, that you ple- there will be a delay of you know 24 48 hours more than normal to respond because I won't be available you know and that and that way it just uh, even if it doesn't mean anything to them it means something to me it means I, at least I've told you you know that there was going to be a delay and that kind of puts yeah. my mind at rest a little bit but um and I've got it on my website as well I put it in my email footer and you know all that sort of thing so it's um that that's that's helped a lot um as to you know rather than just putting on your out of office and you know, getting an mm. automated reply back and go, oh, but I really need that thing. You know, at least I can say, well, all this information's available yeah. on uh, in advance. Set so. the expectation. But what about plugin yeah, exactly. support though? Because that's not quite the same. You know, that's it's okay for the client work and. Um, well, uh, you know, if if you've ever had to get support from me, you'll know that I'm pretty quick to turn around a ticket, um, even if it doesn't resolve an issue because I need to look into it, I need to fix the bug, I need to speak to another developer, whatever it may be, at least my turnaround time to responding is quite quick. And sometimes I, I just think to myself, I'm allowed a day off. You know, I'm allowed a week, especially the weekend, I'm always off the weekends, you know, I never respond to any support over the weekends. I, I'm allowed a day off. And if it gets to a point where I think that's 
bothering me too much. I think that's when I look at there are there are some pretty good looking companies now that will take on support for you, support of your plugin or of your service or whatever, and act almost as like a first line of defense. I can't remember the name of one. I spot I spotted one recently, but um and it was like going around I think it was like post status slack. And it was, it was le- probably level up. Could um, could well be, yeah. Yeah. Level level up is a company that's based in the Philippines. There's an English founder. Um there's a number of WordPress plugin companies using them, like James Kemp with mm-hmm. his iconic stuff uses them. Barn two use it for their um and we started using it for Delicious Brains support last okay. year, early last year. Um and actually I was gonna I was gonna say to this in this call that um I've I've got managed to get an hour a day from one of their support agents for my plugin support because okay. I think we talked a few episodes back about how like I, I'm trying to make sure this year I move in a direction that grows and scales the plugins but is less dependent on my time, which means mm-hmm. doing less stuff like doing less development and support is another thing that doesn't necessarily need to be done by me and and yeah. being weighing on my shoulders kind of thing. So yeah, I'm. I was going to say I'm I'm in the early I'm in the first couple of weeks of that period of onboarding and working with the support agent who's getting used to the plugins because he's he's doing support for WP user manager and the add-ons and integrate as well. Um mm-hmm. obviously they're the two premium plugins that I offer so they're the ones that the support needs to be um handled nicely about or with. Um but it's it's like I think I was saying this to somebody else the other day. It's it's going to get worse before it gets better, just purely because he's new to the plugin, he's new to the support um, kind of tickets that come in from my for my plugin, mm-hmm. and also I don't know. User managers a bit weird. Like there's so many different types of support tickets. Um, it's not a very generic or standardized where you know you're always going to get the same people asking the same questions about how to use it or similar problems because of i don't know whatever like the 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 plugin support for delicious brains is a lot more formulaic it feels whereas mm. like you might get three support tickets for user manager one would be how do you activate your license okay easy uh i want to do this this and this and once somebody does it like manually rejects a user registration i want to do this and make sure it connects to this this and this and like even when i look at those kind of tickets i really have to think about it i really have to put my head on looking the code so yeah it's it's good he, he's picking up first line stuff and he's in draft mode at the moment and reply like writing a reply and then pinging me to to review it and send it so at least things are getting handled um but yeah it's so far so good um it's just a case of it needs time to bed in i think but I'm, yeah I'm, I'm happy to i'm made a step in that direction of you know more outsourcing um, yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, That's fair level up are highly recommended and and like highly personally recommended from me because I see how good they are for delicious brains. It's just trying to transfer that to my little plugins that have weird requests every now and again. You know. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get that completely. Nice, but that's good. It sounds like a step in the right direction for you. Yeah. So nice. what else is going on with you? Um. Well, kind of the. Big, well, bigger news, I suppose, this week. My wife applied for Automatic. Um, she's applied for a, an HR role, um, which would be good. Um, so I think I mentioned in the last 
podcast we're in the uh, process of moving house um which has turned into a slightly complicated affair but um it's it's you know it, it wasn't quite as straightforward as we thought it was going to be but in the process mm-hmm. of doing that we want it um but it's all fine. It's all, it's all going to be fine. It's just, you know, just slight delays where you don't want delays, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, in the process of doing that, we're moving out the area, we're moving 35 miles away from where we are now. Um, we want to, uh, you know, trying to find a job at the moment is quite difficult. So I said to my wife, well, why don't you think about, you know, like doing something outside of that? Why don't you think of something more, um, you know, not so locational because we're kind of in a bit of a job shortage at the moment. Uh, what about kind of online stuff? And then I was speaking to you and you made some recommendations as well. So anyway, she's applied for this HR role at Automatic. Um, and it's been an interesting thing, kind of watching it, you know, go back and forward and everything. Um, I'm not going to say much about like the process that she's had to go through because I'm not sure if I'm meant to or not. Um, but it's been uh, both good and also technically challenging as well. You know, high impact, high, uh, they're very keen on security. And um, I imagine that's probably, you know, puts uh, many people off for your average kind of person, especially in like an HR position. Um, mm. But she's done really well. She's actually all the way through to a kind of a paid trial with them now. So um, she's looking forward to, to working on that over the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's good. That's, that's, that's kind of exciting. That and, I, I, you know, when you start looking at the, uh, the benefits of like being an automatic employee, you know, you can get quite envious quite quickly. I think, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there. I think the thing that excited her was like going yeah. away on the, the company retreat once a year. And uh, hopefully she'll get to do that whenever that may be the case if she got if she got the job. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. She's done pretty well so far. There's lots of steps to get to where she is and she's done good so um yeah we're just gonna kind of see how the next few weeks goes which is nice i don't know if i'll have an update yeah. in the next podcast but um maybe the one after i guess yeah well that's that's good news and like yeah congrats to her to getting as far as she's got already and yeah you're right automatic on paper does look like a really good company to work for and it's 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 interesting because you just mentioned the pay trial which is where she's at, at the moment and that just mm. reminds me that like because we would we've been doing pay trials for onboarding people or trying to hire people for delicious brains for years and that was automatics pay trial kind of program was the inspiration i think brad took from that um mm. and it seems to work well because like you know as long as you've kind of not got a blocker of like a full-time job where you just don't have the time to put the trial in in between jobs if you've got the bandwidth mm. to do it it's a great way to kind of for everybody to work out if it's something that is going to work because if you mm. start working on a paid trial, like Delicious Brains paid trial is, you're straight into working on the plugins and you're working on bugs or features. You know, you're not working. We have gone, we have experimented with trials that are like completely abstract pieces of work that aren't related to our current products. But we found that actually getting, um, you know, getting your, your hands dirty straight away with the stuff you would be working on if you were employed. Is, is really beneficial to everyone because you're going to, you know, the potential employees are getting a real taste of what they're going to be working on. Um, mm, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm yeah. All good. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Um, but it's interesting, actually, because they use um, P2 for a lot of stuff. And um, that led me to investigate, because I, I think I tried P2 like years ago, years and years and years ago. And I thought, where is it now? Because I'm sure I saw something about it being open sourced or something like that, like a more recent version. And um, I had a little try and play with it yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's, it seems that 
the newer version of P2 is called P2020, or at least that's the repo name. Mm. Someone found it, like the public repo kind of URL, um, stuck it on a GitHub, fixed it up a bit because there's lots of references to like um, WordPress.com and uh, you know it tight integrations with like Jetpack and stuff. Um, and they also have a front end um, Gutenberg, which is called P2. Tunberg, I think, and um, but that's not open source. So it's not available. There isn't a repo for that anywhere or anything. And it, it's interesting trying to get it to work. You also had this O2 plugin, which is available on uh, an automatic GitHub repo, and trying to get that installed. And then it requires Genericons, I think, which is a plugin which is no longer there. So I was just like, I just thought, well, let me try and cobble together all these things. So. Um, Try to try and get it working, and I just about got it working, but it's it's not it's not quite there. Um, I had to stop because my just either npm or node just stopped working completely on my computer. Everything fails, every <laughs> dependency doesn't want to build properly, and yeah, it was a nightmare. And I just I, it happens every time I <laughs> I need to use it. Every time I go to it, it goes error. I was like, okay, what's that error for? You go to update like npm or something where you go to up you know you remove node start again just start again that's the basically thing you have to do and then yeah, you do RMF. and then it works and it, yeah and it just happens all the time and i think why does this break so much i don't ever use it and every time i come to use it it's broken and i haven't done anything to it i don't use it that heavily so yeah it's quite funny but yeah, yeah. no it's interesting to try the p2 theme again and see how that works and that's quite nice and it was just trying to get a flavor for really what she would experience if she was sort of you know talking in p2s all the time um, but i do see there is a yeah. self-hosted sorry not self-hosted a um like a SaaS version of p2 where you can go and create your own p2 uh that runs on wordpress.com for free and you can make as many as you want i can't remember if it was available to use now or whether it was becoming but it looked quite interesting and is that, um, is that an automatic thing presumably yeah yeah it is and I quite liked that because actually, you know, um, the the reason I looked at P2 so many years ago was um, as a project management tool um, for just, they just wanted to be able to like put up a post with like the project details on and then people could comment as things kind of, you know, went through the project. And the version I looked at before just wasn't a, like advanced enough. They needed certain things to be bolted on and I thought I'd rather just kind of do something custom with like custom fields rather than try and cobble, you know, shoehorn functionality into an existing kind of theme and all that but um yeah it looks good i think if you had a front end uh like kind of Gut version of gutenberg which is what they have working on it as well that'd be really that'd be really something um but yeah it looks it looks good it, it looks good i used a little project management system a few years ago um called mini group and they mm. like stopped you know developing mini group and then shut down the company years and years and years ago now but it was a really simple really nice um tool and it's like the p2 seems to be like the closest thing to what mini group used to be so i'm quite interested to know not that i do a huge amount of client work you know these days but i'll be interested to know what it's like as a little project management tool for just talking to a client and if you can spin them up mm. and shut them down whenever you want you know uh, wordpress.com just look like quite an interesting thing so i would kind of be keeping my eyes open for more in news about that nice yeah um 
But actually, that talking about Gutenberg, it led me to leads me to talk about the block editor. So <clears throat> I've used the block editor on and off with a few things, and I made an. Uh, I think I said so last year, the year before on this podcast, that I was going to try and use the block editor more for uh, when I wrote you know blog posts, and I haven't had the time really to write any blog posts, especially not on my maybe fuel you know dot com blog. So. Uh, nor have I wanted to. It, whenever I write anything, it's very infrequent, but they're kind of more long-form kind of things. They take me a long time to kind of put together. But I thought I, there's a client site I was working on, and I may have mentioned this in the last episode, but the client site I was working on that, you know, that needs to have a section of content. But it's things like being able to float images next to each other so you get a little row of like four images. Um, and I thought, well, the block editor would actually be really good for this because you can put in columns... And you can split columns right down, you know, and everything. So, you know, if you wanted three images, you could have um, either three columns or you could have um, two columns, 50% each, and then split one of those columns down into three. So they all sit over one side, you know, that kind of thing. Gives you a lot of flexibility. Being able to convert blocks into blocks of a similar type. So I think I get, I got the impression that if you had a uh, an image block, you can convert it to other kinds of image blocks but you couldn't say convert an image block into a paragraph block where it would just display the code for it for the image if you see what i mean so um yeah. but mo moving between paragraphs and headings adding in images dragging and dropping is a little clunky here and there it's certainly not as straightforward as other say page builders but it was really refreshing to use and i'm like there's no reason to use the classic editor at all anymore for any of this stuff if you want to be able to lay out give that little bit more of flexibility and control over how you drop those things in. You don't have to create a custom fields block or, you know, not, not custom fields block. Like a, um, you don't have to have say, right, this is your content. And then down here, you've got another section which has custom fields. And then when they're, when your images are added to your, you know, your set of custom fields, like I say, a repeater field, you'll then insert that into, you know, a particular place on the page and they go, okay. And then this new WYSIWYG section below it is for the text below that the block editor does away with all of that so it's it's really nice to be able to use it and i and i want to find more excuses to use it i just haven't i haven't got them at the moment mm. does that make sense yeah i, I mean I, i'm similar i've been only using it on maybe newer sites but only when mm. i only really like copying blog posts from like google doc uh, google doc 2 uh like the block editor because if you try and copy it to a classic editor from Google Doc it does not work like that's one of the the, mm. the the main improvements I've seen in the block editor is that it just you know paste from Google is amazing but I did I don't know if you saw the other day as well um, Scott Bollinger tweeted uh, basically and this was an issue I was having if I was getting third party writers to write blog posts they'd be using Google Docs because it's great for editing suggested and all of that collaboration but any images they put you know they would be embedded in the google doc as soon as you copy and paste it across to the block editor all of the the images would be inserted but they'd be hot linking to google's google user content domain and you wouldn't be you know those those images wouldn't be sitting on your server they could go down at any time you'd kind of like lose lose them be dead links at some point yeah, and it was a real pain, real pain in, in the block editor to kind of like have to then just go and download them from Google Docs, you know, export the doc as a zip, 
which gives you all the images, upload those to the media library, replace them one by one in the thing. But yeah, Scott mm-hmm. Bollinger tweeted, and I put this link in the show notes. If you copy and paste from Google Docs to WordPress, you can click this icon and the images are automatically transferred to your site. So it uploads the external image. And I assume sort of replaces it. I haven't tried it, but that just looks like a massive game changer in terms of that workflow for me. Because that's what I'm doing a lot at the moment. Like Plugin Ranks blog has a has a writer writing for me. And, you know, it gets delivered via... Um, and other places have, you know... Google Docs seems to be the way I, I work now. But So this is amazing. A little improvements like that. Um, but I'm still not using it for proper site designing. Like, it's just the blog still, you know? Oh, and yeah. That was, yeah. I was going to ask you, are you... Have you even looked at full site editing? Like, are you no, going to test it? I haven't. I haven't. I've got like me. <laughs> no, it's not that I'm burying it so much as it just I ha- it hasn't come up or I haven't had the opportunity lately to actually investigate it. I do have the Gutenberg plugin installed on a couple of sites where I'm using the block editor a little bit more, but um, yeah, no, I haven't. Um, I haven't used the full site editing yet. I think actually, I want to say that I looked at was it widgets, and I couldn't work out how on earth to do it it wasn't straightforward at all so anyway i'll mm. have a look at some point i'm um, just going back to your thing about copying and pasting from uh, google that's brilliant if that is the case my my worry is that um my experience of um when i've been migrating because i've been doing a lot of site big site migrations over the last couple of years um and when you import the sites it will change the featured image uh, url to your current site if you're importing media at the same time that you're importing all the posts and things but it won't change and replace the uh, urls for the images within the co- page content so you have to kind of go in afterwards and do stuff like you know to use wp migrate db pro or even just do a search and replace on the database you know uh, the dot sql file if you exported it before you import it something like that so <clears throat> it's worth bearing in mind uh, with, with that experience, my 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 thoughts are it doesn't replace it. But being the block editor, it might be much easier to do stuff like that. And it could have been a total yeah. nightmare to do it, you know, within WordPress for the classic editor in the past. So it might be well, block editor removes that issue completely for future versions of the WordPress importer. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure how the importer works with that. I mean, this is this is like you know a manual import step where you copy copy the whole GDoc. Um, content and then paste into the block editor, so it's a, mm. it's a manual import process. But it, it it will then convert it all into blocks, and you've got this extra option when you you look at the image block to say ex- import from external, and I think it yeah it swaps it around. Um, mm. But yeah, yes. yeah, it just shows. I guess there is there is a progression happening, and you know things that are being fixed and usability uh, improvements, which is nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I know you've been working really hard on WP User Manager recently. Uh, how's that? How's that all going, by the way? Yeah, it's it's going okay. I think it in in general terms, it's better than it has been. I've kind of got a number of um, freelancers working on the development side of things, um, but I'm at the point at the moment where I've been trying to do a release every month, um, and. I don't think I've done one for a while and I've got one lined up um, but things just there's a lot of moving parts that are keeping me from being able to uh, nail it down and get it released like I, I was dealing with a couple of the freelancers who you know did a bit of work and then 
were busy for whatever reason, personal reasons and stuff. And then, mm. um, you know, I couldn't release what I needed to because I've kind of planned the release around some of those features or a new add-on. Um, but that that's I'm over that hump now. I just need to like the the, the release process is so um, it's so much more than just getting the code written. Like you, you know the the release is going to consist of a new add-on, like a brand new add-on, um, some major new functionality to one of the other add-ons or two add-ons really. Um, so it's there's there's so much extra work that you I never. I under I always over underestimate sorry and and like it it means just spending like long evenings just trying to write the documentation add the new um the new add-on to the sales page um write the copy make sure like it's it's all working with the new but the bundles and um yeah there's just there's just a ton of sort of uh, to-do items for me to to get this release ready so I, mm. I was hoping to do it last week and I was hoping to do it this week and it's nowhere near that um so I just need to make sure I can I can spend some time um in the next week or so to get that done and then I'll feel a little bit clearer I think because um I, I need to learn the lesson that this release has been too much like I've tried to fit in too much to it mm. um and that's it, it comes from like a good place because you want to deliver features that customers are asking for and you want to deliver the value that you think the new add-ons or the new features are going to give but if I'm spending far too much time trying to wrangle a big release and it takes longer like what's the point of that why didn't why have I not just released um, mm. a feature just like get it out release the next bit which was an update to an existing add-on and then do a like break it down into three things I don't I obviously trying to use it from a marketing perspective because it's a big blog post that is like well look what's new and this has been added and you know the plugins being worked on and all of this stuff but it's a trade-off isn't it what it's it, having so much um sort of promised but then not delivering because it's too much and then having delays looks even worse so yeah, yeah. I, I think the next release after will be much smaller much more contained and without as much um like extra stuff around it that can put that can drag it and stop it from you know being released yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm working through a bit of a um, a, a kind of a bug a bug deficit at the moment, and of course, as soon as you think you're making headway, people report more, and then that makes it into a bigger release. And so, and I I feel like a lot of the releases I've done over the last year have been mostly just big bug fix releases. You know, usually dealing with the latest version of WordPress or something, rather than adding new features. And that's not intentional at all. I want to be adding new features, but trying to stay on top of it sometimes is really hard. And then, like you say, it just becomes this behemoth of a update, which requires all the yeah. documentation or whatever, or um, you know. And it, yeah, it does. It does take time. It does take more time than than it should. I mean, I, I don't know if this helps at all, but working with clients, you know, predominantly throughout the last ten years, and I have just passed ten years of being self-employed, by the way. Um, nice. the I think it was the beginning of the month, which is quite cool. Didn't celebrate or anything. And it's just, I'm just delighted. <laughs> I've been doing it that long. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just add time to a, to a project. So if I quote for something, I just, I add, you know, amount of time. I go, okay, this job 
this website build is going to take 10 working days uh, in real time, what I'll do is I'll add two on top of that, you know, and I, and I've, I have a sort of a rough idea in my head, you know, because if you said it's going to take 10 days, but you add five, 50% extra of the project, that's ludicrous. So you add a bit. And then if they don't go for it, they don't go for it. But then I know that I know that you know the way I've quoted for it means I've given myself some buffer. I'm not going to panic if it, I can't do it in ten days and I need to take eleven because they've already paid for it, or if they have lots of things that they want to come back to me about or whatever, or it takes a bit less. And but there's a lot of communication. I kind of buffered that in as well. And there's always mm. things like the client site I've just done. I always record a video afterwards showing that it's done showing the features, showing the pages, you know, um, showing how to edit certain parts of the site, which might be very specific to that site. And that takes a while. So that's like, what, a 20-minute, 30-minute video sometimes. Then I put it through Handbrake to crunch it down. Uh, the video I recorded the other day was a gigabyte in length. You can crunch it in Handbrake to 250 meg with no loss of, no perceivable loss of quality. Um, and then send it to them, uh, you know, like retransfer or something. And that takes the yeah. best part of an hour, you know, and if you add up all these little things over the course of a project, even if it's just a 10 day, 12 day project, it could, they total a day, you know, and there's one of your days out of the two that you've added to the end of your actual building. So I've just learned to do that for everything that I do more or less. So when it comes to releasing a plugin, I go, okay, I'll try and get this done for, you know, say in the next month and amongst my other workload but I won't do it in a month. So I'll say, right, I aim to uh, you know, release something in six weeks in the hope that I can get it done in a month. And then you're setting an expectation for yourself as well in that if you get it done before six weeks, you feel like you've won as well. Because realistically, what you wanted to do is release it in a month, but you're giving you six weeks to do, do so. So it just sounds like you yeah. may need to add, add some more time to everything that you do. And you have to remember as well, these the, the these unless there's something, you know, uh, underlying that you have to kind of race towards um, for some reason, because there's like a, I don't know, like a new block editor thing that's coming out that's going to affect your plugin and you know what the release date's mm. going to be. All these release dates, they're completely arbitrary. They're just made up. We just come up with them whenever we want to. You know, if you said, I will release this plugin in the next six months, it will get done, but then there's less pressure on it, I think, rather than saying, yeah. I want to have it done in a, in a month, but it will take me two you know, yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, I think it it's a, it's a mixture of self-imposed kind of um, a self-imposed cadence that I want to keep pushing stuff out that are you know big valuable features that have been requested or you know new add-ons. Um, but also, you kind of you get into a trap with expectations of customers. Not that I ever say like it's it's going to be out next week when it blatantly won't be, um, but you know that they get to they get used to the kind of speed that you that you've been releasing in the past and mm -hmm. um so yeah it's yeah it mainly it you're right it's a self-imposed thing that shouldn't be so bad because it's arbitrary so therefore don't don't put too much pressure on um maybe your problem I think is now, the opposite of my problem because i've always been really slow <laughs> so so maybe <laughs> you know you're just pushing out them too quickly i'm pushing them out too slowly and really it should be somewhere in the middle yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, the problem with this release, this specific release, is that it's been going on for a while um, because of wrangling to the freelancers and trying to pull it all together. And you know, there was already one of these 
add-ons that is pitted for this release that had to be pushed out from the last release because of the delays. So I'm kind of already up against it in terms of like not promising things, but you know, I try and do like a little paragraph at the end of each release post to say what's next up, uh, which isn't, you know, it's not set in stone. I'm not writing it in blood, but it's, you know, you want to, you want to get out what you're talking about because you start setting expectations of what's coming down the pipe. Um, yeah, and I've started doing that as well for content notify specifically because um, I've been doing I've been very good with that. I've been doing release posts for that um, every major like point release. But it's the thing is you can say in the next post. In my last post, I said this, but actually, what happened was this. And if you give people a reason as to it, I don't think it's oh, yeah. you know people yeah. won't get cross if you give them a good good reason. People, you know, like I, I've there's one thing that's very much on my my mind is building this form builder thing, and I haven't started it yet. I haven't looked into it yet. I haven't done anything towards it. I really want to do it. Uh, you know, really in February, and it just didn't didn't happen. Then we decided to move, and it's pushed it all back. And I've just said to, like, a customer, a customer asked about it the other day, said, oh, you know, any idea when this falls away? And I say, ah, yeah. The problem with that is that it's taking longer than I expected. There are other things that have come up that I need to do ahead of that. Um, I'm now also now moving house. You know, I, I I want to get it done, but I'm going to say this year. That's it. Uh, you know, that's just, that is the heads and tails of it. If they want a refund, if they want to go elsewhere, they're going to be cross. That's fine. Just let them do that. Um, and actually, I've had it when I'm, I'm more kind of personal with people uh, with stuff like that. They go, "Oh crikey, you got a lot on your plate. No probs. That's fine. You know, look forward to seeing it when it comes out." Was pretty much the um, I'm paraphrasing, but you know. So I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. So maybe you just need to sort of take some of the pressure off yourself a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying it, to sort of it, tell you what to do. I just. I, I don't. I don't no, want to no. stress or anything over it when it's. It's. It could be unnecessary stress. Um, part of my problem is the fact that, you know, if WP User Manager was my only side project and was mm. the only thing that I was doing outside of, you know, my day to day work, um, then that would be fine. But it's. I'm kind of, um, putting a timeline in my head where I'm thinking, right. Well, if I can get this WP User Manager release out the door, uh. I can then maybe spend some time on plugin rank because I've got some really interesting features that I want to explore and try and work towards there. So there's already this sort of uh, side project um, fight going on yeah. where I want to I want to go off and work on this other thing. So I need to try and get this done because otherwise, like I can't just go off and do the plugin rank stuff. I want to get past this sort of milestone with WP user manager and then just move on and then maybe go back to the next WP user manager release once I've done some plugin rank stuff. So yeah, uh, it, it's all symptomatic of having not enough time and too much work. So yeah, that's obviously something I just need to keep working on and addressing. Um, but yeah, hopefully by the time we next speak, two weeks time potentially, mm -hmm. I'll have had it out, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You did, um, I know, you know, we talked at the beginning of the podcast about Easter coming up might be good for you and everything, but yeah, take the time, watch them, like some movies or something, <laughs> like take some time out, do something different as well. Cause it might, it might help. I know that I've been, I've been going for a walk, uh, every, every morning and I've been doing that religiously for the last kind of at least three months. 
And I've now started going on a second walk with my wife at lunch times as well, which has been great. And it's amazing the impact it's had. It is amazing how much getting out it has. And also, um, I tweeted about it the other day, I got back on my bicycle for the first time in ages. I used to cycle uh, down like the steepest hill in Bath um, to uh, where I used to work out the co-working space. And I did it every day in every single weather imaginable. And I literally mean snow, ice, rain, hail, beautiful sunshine, baking hot, you know, everything. And it was a great way to keep fit, but it was six minutes downhill on the way to work because it was so fast. I mean, my, I had a, a phone mount and every single day I would clock 40 miles an hour down this one road. No. It, was, it was a 60 wow. limit, but it was 40 miles an hour down this, this thing. And it was great. I learned, it teaches you how to use your front brake, <laughs> everything. <laughs> and um, it was it was great. But uh, on the way back, it took 20 minutes to cycle back up this hill. It was great for exercise and everything. But that was my exercise every day. And I stopped doing that. And I've, obviously, I've replaced it with walks because I work from home. And I haven't been on my bike more or less since I moved to where I moved to now, since I stopped commuting via bike. And I haven't really been able to cycle the last year for a couple of reasons. But I have um, I got back on it. Everything was fine. And... Uh, I started uh, cycling and I went for like a, not very much, but I went for a seven mile cycle around where I live. And the, the moment I went around the corner uh, from my house on my bike, my face just completely changed. I had this massive smile on my face and I said out loud to myself, well, this is good. <laughs> mm. And um, and I went off and it was great. And in fact, I've realized there's a few bits, you know, my bike's been sat largely unused for like the last four years in my garage. And um there's a few bits that sort of seized on it. There's a few bits that weren't working before I put it away and I'd forgotten about. So I've had to get like a new rear derailleur and, you know, a few things and just kind of fix it up a little bit. And I'm uh, I'm in the process of doing that now so I can go out more. And when I move, I'll be in a flatter area because Bath is incredibly uh, mm. hilly, undulating. And um, where it's flatter, it'd be nice. I can And I can go a bit further as well. There's nicer roads around uh, where I will be living. So... I'm really looking forward to spending some of the year doing that. So yeah, maybe maybe get outside and you know do some stuff as well. It might it might just help. You know, you think if I'm not working, I can't be producing the work, but actually, I think it has the opposite effect. You take 20 minutes out, and it's like having a doing 40 minutes of work afterwards better than you would have done it in 20 minutes. If you see mm. what I mean? So, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Working. That nice. and if you get the time. Um, I spotted a show on YouTube uh, the other day. There was like, you know, the um, the trailer for it appeared on my YouTube recommendations. It's called um, Expedition Back to the Future. And I haven't heard of the guy that uh, kind of does it, that, that this, the, the presenter, but it, he joins up with Christopher Lloyd and has to track down the seven DeLoreans from, that they use for filming the three Back to the Future films. And it's so, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and they do come across like various it, uh, people, you know, that were in the films, various actors and actresses and things, um, in their sort of quest for it and trying to track these down. Do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about that? And it's great. It's really good fun. And if you like, you know, the Back to the Future movies, and you know, you like the DeLorean and all that sort of stuff, it's 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 good fun. It's it's like a four part mini series. Um, nice. But yeah, if you can find it to watch, I highly recommend that because I think you're a bit of a boot back to the future fan, well. aren't you? I am indeed. Yeah, it's a good, it's it's a great film. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch good. the stuff that I think they did? I don't know who it was. A comedian did um, Zoom Zoom calls with people, 
uh, at the start of lockdown, really, and they he did a Zoom call with the Back to Future cast, and it was oh yeah, I don't know, I can't I can't remember who the comedian was, but he just got loads of people together, and like it was a, it was a great uh, a great Zoom call, much better than normal Zoom calls, but oh yeah, nice, no, I haven't seen that. I'll have a I'll have a look. It's good. I did get I did actually get to stand next to a DeLorean. I I was in France kind of a couple of months before my daughter was born. And we were just kind of driving around these pretty little like French villages and stuff. And um, we stopped to get uh, like a coffee and sit in a, you know, a little cafe outside. It was the summer. And all of a sudden this like car meetup, old car meetup, like just kind of drove in and parked in the middle of like this, the, the town square. And it wasn't very big. Mm. And they had some lovely old cars there, but one of them was a DeLorean. And I'd never seen one in the flesh before. And yeah, I just love that thing. It's it's yeah. If it, I, I'm not it's sure if iconic. you would love it or not. Yeah, because of Back to the Future, but you know, it's it's a lovely looking vehicle. But anyway, gone way yeah. way off topic. Classic Princess <laughs> Matters, classic. But yeah. um, well, on that anyway. note, I think we can wrap it up, can't we? But I'll put those links we in can. the show notes anyway, and then yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to chat as always, Jack, and we will hopefully catch up in a couple of weeks then. But we still yeah, need absolutely. To, we still need to think. Let's do some guests. Let's get some topics. Um, but I do enjoy these catch-ups and it's nicer to have a bit of a shorter episode so yeah yeah absolutely yeah me too yeah no it was great talking to you and uh, speak to you soon hope um, WPU's manager all goes well yeah cheers man thanks for listening no worries thanks Mm -hmm.